Good morning. Good to see you all this morning. Thank you so much for being here, especially if you're a guest with us. We hope that you feel welcomed. I also want to say hello to all of you who are watching online and on television. For those of you who are in the room, would you please join me in welcoming our online television audience? If you're new with us, one of the things we do each and every week is we pray for another local church. And you guys hear me say this every week. We believe the kingdom of God is so much bigger than just us here in this place. And God is doing amazing things all over this city, all over this region, all over the world. And one of the ways we partner with what God is doing all over this city, region, and world is we pray for other churches. And so this morning, we want to pray for Christ Community Church and their pastor, Keith Waldrop. And so as we pray for ourselves... Yeah, you can cheer for them, yeah. As we pray for ourselves, let's pray for Christ Community Church and Pastor Keith. Lord, we thank you. We thank you so much for bringing us to this place. We thank you for the worship that we've already experienced. Your presence is in this place. And Lord, as we come and we open your word now, Lord, I pray first for Christ Community Church. I pray your blessings on them, on their members, Lord, on their leadership. We pray for Pastor Keith. Pray you protect him Lord, inspire him as he leads in these difficult days. And Lord, now would you help us by the power of your spirit, open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to receive what you have for us. We pray this in Jesus' good and powerful name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Back last year, uh, toward the end of the year, uh, I had a conversation with someone. And it was really a part of that conversation that got me thinking down the road of this three-week series that we're going to be doing called The Change Exchange. And about change that goes on in our life, someone sent me this, and it said, Pastor Chris, I've experienced a lot of change recently. Not just change brought by COVID, but change in my job and in my family. Some of the change is insignificant to me. I really don't care. It's small. But some I don't like at all. How can I handle all of the change in my life? How can I deal with all of the change in my life in a healthy way without creating even more change. People say that God does not change, so why does it feel like life is constantly changing? Have you ever asked that question? It seems like life is constantly changing. How do I handle change? How do I deal with change in a healthy way? How do I deal with change in such a way that even when there is a change in my life, I don't react and create even more change in my life. You know, the Montgomery family has had a lot of change over this last year. So change is something I've had to think through and process through. We've done that as a family. And not only the change of COVID, but also moving and all that that entails and brings into your life. And the story that I've thought about a lot over this last year uh, is a story that goes back some years for me. When I was in my mid-20s, I was on a little road trip with someone who was in their mid-80s. His name was Mr. Williams. And Mr. Williams and I were traveling from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, to Florence, Alabama. And, and I, I didn't pull up the map on my phone because he told me, he said, don't, don't worry, I know the way, I know the way. And I'm thinking, Lord, I hope so. And sometimes I question that because he took us on every back road coming from Murfreesboro, Tennessee to Florence, Alabama. It was the longest trip of my life. I could have made it to Ohio by that point. You know, It took forever. And, and at different points during that trip, I thought, I think he's dragging this out on purpose. 
you know, well, let's turn up here and let's go by and see this. this I was just driving, just driving, thinking I'm going to run out of gas, you know. But I, I realized he was wanting the trip to take a while. You see, what we had just done in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, was we had just done the funeral for his wife. And I was driving him back home. We both lived in Florence at the time. And his family had scattered here and there, and, and I was a chauffeur back home, happy to do it. Whenever we pulled into his, I'll never forget, we pulled into his neighborhood, and then we pulled into the driveway, and I drive a stick shift, right, because I'm intelligent, and <laughs> I put it in neutral and turned it off, turned off the ignition and put the parking brake on. You always got to do that when you put it in neutral. And he just sat there, and he stared at his house. And I'd look at him, and I'd look at the house. And I'd look back at him, and I'd look at the house. And he said, well, there it is. Yep, that's your house. Yeah. And then he looked at me, and I'll never forget, he had tears in his eyes, and he said, you know, we were married for 63 years. He patted me on the shoulder. He thanked me for the day and the trip. And he got out of the truck and walked up to the door. And he put the key in the door, unlocked it, opened the door, went inside, shut the door. And what I realized in that moment was that that man who had traveled the world for work and pleasure, who had experienced so much in life, in that moment, that man was experiencing something in life he'd never experienced before. He was going home alone. And what that made me realize is that every single one of us, no matter how old we are, no matter how experienced we are in life, no matter where we are in life, every one of us are walking into a day, into a season, which we've never been before. And you've heard me say that, but that's the story that helped me understand that. Every one of us, we are experiencing a change in life that we've never experienced before. It may be very similar to changes we've experienced in our past, yes, but each situation is unique. Every one of them is unique. And every one of us, we're all experiencing change on so many different levels. And the question is, how do we handle all the change that life throws at us? How do we handle that? You see, so many times we just want to go back in time. We want to rewind the tape, if you will. Some of you don't even know what a tape is. But anyway, we want to rewind. But the problem is you cannot go backwards. You can't walk backwards in life. You can only walk forwards. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but this thing called time, it just keeps going, right? It just keeps moving. And the question is, how do we handle all of the change that comes our way? And how do we do that? in healthy ways. This is going to be a three-week series. Starting next week and the week after, we're going to talk about how do we grow from change. It'll be part one, part two. This week, I want to talk about how do we approach change. What needs to be our mindset? What needs to be the position of our heart as we approach change when it comes our way in life? And if you'd like to take notes, here's point number one in your message notes, and it is this. It is that change is inevitable. Change is going to happen. There are only two things uh, that exist on this planet that do not change. One is God, and second is His Word. 
Those two things will never change. God does not change. We just sang about that. And His Word does not change. His promises to us, they do not change. Everything else in life is going to change. Everything. Everything is subject to change. Everything will change in life except God and His Word. Now, there are four common responses that we have to change in life. And I'm not saying they're good, bad, right, or wrong. They're just four common ones, all right? The first one is, many times when change comes into our life, our response is fear. Fear. I want you to think of the phrase, me, my, more. Me, my, more. Me, my, more. Whenever a change happens in life and fear erupts in our heart and mind, many times what we're thinking about is how does this change affect me? How does it affect my world? And how does it affect my world from getting more of something, me, my, more. But many times, this is our first reaction to a change, fear. The second reaction is anger, anger. Sometimes something changes in life, and, and, and we just we don't like it. We get upset about it. Something changes in our world. Something changes in the world, and anger is what erupts in our heart and mind. Think of these three words. Many times when we respond in anger, we start this natural process where we disagree, we disengage, and we disaffiliate. We disagree with what's happening, with the change, whatever it may be. So we try to distance ourselves from the change, right? And then in distancing ourselves from the change, many times we walk completely away as far as we can and we disaffiliate. That's what that means. So sometimes we respond in fear. Sometimes we respond in anger. There's a third way. The third way is sometimes we respond with indifference. Indifference. We just try to ignore the change. We try to put our head in the sand and just act like the change really didn't happen. Think about this phrase. We try to ignore the door forevermore. Ignore the door forevermore. A door of change opens in our life all of a sudden. Now we need to walk through that door. We need to go in a completely different direction in life. And we just say, I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to act like that change in the world or in my world didn't happen. Indifference. The, third, uh, the fourth response is actually excitement. Excitement, that's a positive one, right? Sometimes we feel like we've endured in some way, and now a change is coming, and we actually like the change. And because we've endured in some way, we actually like the, we like the change, we engage in that change, we embrace that change, and then there's enthusiasm behind it. And some of the things that happen in life brings excitement and enthusiasm, absolutely. My point is that we're going to respond in some way to change. You will respond in some way to change. And when it's negative change that comes into our life, we as followers of Christ, that's where when negative change happens, we immediately have to start asking the question of God, God, where are you working? How are you moving in this change? What are you doing in the midst of what's changing around me? Now, we normally do not get the answer to those kind of prayers or questions instantaneously, okay? But when change happens, when, especially when we perceive it to be negative in some way, our first response should be to start asking God, God, how are you moving? How are you at work in the midst of this change? Now, when positive change happens, we need to make sure we always remember that it's God who brings every good gift, every blessing into our life, and we need to thank Him for that. But especially around negative change or change we perceive to be negative, that's where we immediately have to start asking the question, God, where are you at work in the midst of this? Instead of just reacting to it in some way. You know, there's a difference between a reaction and a response, okay? The reason why I think this is important is because I really believe that your ability to be spiritually mature, 
Your ability to be spiritually mature and handle change, and the phrase is, and be a calm, non-anxious presence in the midst of the change. Your ability to be spiritually mature and be a calm, non-anxious presence in the middle of the change is going to determine three things in your life. It's going to determine your level of happiness, number one. Number two, it's going to determine your personal growth, number two. And then number three, it's going to determine your impact on other people and in the world. How you handle change. I could easily say how you handle the world around you. That's constantly changing. Is going to determine your level of happiness, your personal growth, and your impact on others in the world we live in. As I said, there's been a lot of change, even in my life over this past year. And the thing I have to remind myself of is that not a, a lot of times we use this phrase, change is a part of life. No, change is life, and life is change. By definition, when there's life, there's growth, there's seasons, there's movement, even in death, there's resurrection. And the thing that we have to wrestle with as followers of Christ is that, no, God does not change, His Word does not change, but everything else around us is changing. It's changing. So the first thing is change is inevitable. But where does that leave us? How do we approach it? Point number two is this. So we have to remind ourselves that God can use every change for good. God can bring good out of every single change in our life. So many times we have to step back when change happens and we have to remember that God can use this for his purposes. God can use this to advance his will in some way. And God is so powerful and so wise. He can advance his will and his purposes on the planet and at the same time bless us in the process. He can bring all of this. He can work everything for our good. We sing about it all the time. We say it all the time. But when we experience change in life, the question is, do we really believe it? Are we really holding on to that? I, I say all the time, I believe that God can turn every tragedy into a triumph, every pain into praise. Every one of them. Every one of them. But so many times, we want to control the things that are changing in life. We want to control the things that are changing around us. You're not called to control the things that are changing around you. In fact, you can't. You don't have that much power. But you are called to control you in the midst of the things that are changing around you. That has to be your focus. That has to be your priority. God has called you to control you in the midst of everything that's going on. And, and I believe this not because I read this in a book somewhere. I believe this because I've lived life. I've gone through life, and there's been experiences in my life that were heart-wrenching, that were heartbreaking, that were tough, absolutely hard. And every single time, I've seen God work something good out of it. And again, and in those moments when I'm praying, I'm saying, God, please fix that, fix that thing that's changing or fix that person that's changing things or whatever. Those are moments when God goes, shh, son, son, I don't want to fix that. But there is something in you I want to fix in the midst of that. And God is that powerful and that good that he can use the changes that come into our life and he can work in us in powerful ways. Again, everybody's going to react to change. You're going to react to change. There's a difference between reacting to change and growing from change. Everyone will react to change in some way. Not everyone will grow. And I want you to grow. That's why my life verse is Romans 8, 28. 
Romans 8, 28 is a powerful verse. It says, we know that in all things, notice that, all things, all things. You might want to circle that. All things. Not some things, not a lot of things, not many things. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Notice that phrase. It starts with, we know, we know. Those words, we know, means that when a change happens in my life, especially if it's negative change, bringing trouble my way, bringing pain my way, in that moment, that phrase, we know, means in that moment, I need to see, I need to perceive, I need to remember, remember, remind myself that even in this, whatever this is, God can bring good out of it. Even in what I'm walking through right now, even when what I'm up against, God can bring good out of that. And then notice it says, we know, we need to remind ourselves in that moment that in all things, God works. I love that phrase, God works. It means that God brings things together over time, over time. He, he it does not say he brings things together instantaneously. He does not say God brings things together when you want them to, but God brings everything together over time. So in time, you're going to see God orchestrate and work this out in your life. We especially need to remember this uh, whenever we're feeling like someone's out to get us, when someone wants to harm us, when someone is attacking us in some way. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but we live in a pretty cutthroat culture. It's pretty critical out there. You know, we call it cancel culture and all that stuff. It's pretty rough, pretty rough. But even when it seems like someone is trying to bring harm into our life, we have to realize that God can work good even in the midst of those moments. That's what Joseph said in Genesis 50, 20. When he's looking at his brothers, his brothers who sold him into slavery, that sent his life in a completely different direction, Joseph looked at him one day after all of that had taken place, and he says, you intended to harm me. That was your intent behind what you did. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You see, not only did God use the evil that came into Joseph's life for good for Joseph, but he also used that experience to be a blessing to an entire nation of people, the people of Israel. And you, you look at it this way, the changes that you are enduring right now, they may actually turn out to be a blessing for other people down the road. Down the road. Because God can work all things together for good. Everything. He can bring together. He can weave it together for good. And what I mean by that is what I mentioned earlier. When I say that God can work all things together for good, I mean three things. I mean that God can work things together for your good, for you. God can work things together for good in you. And God can work things together for good through you. Notice that. For you, in you, through you. When God works things together for good for you, the Bible calls that a blessing. A blessing. When God works things together for good in you, the Bible calls that growth or maturity. And when God works all things together for you or through you, that's called ministry. Ministry. And right now, the changes that you are experiencing in life, the things that you are having to walk through in life, when I say God can work all of that together for good, I'm saying that through that, you can be blessed, through that, you can grow, and through that, you can serve others in powerful ways. Not only do we live in a critical culture, we also live in a culture that, that 
panics all the time. Have you noticed this, or am I the only one? It's like news breaks or whatever, and everybody just freaks out, totally freaks out. It's like we lose our mind so fast, and we panic. We panic. When change comes into our world, when change comes into our world and into our life, those are moments we don't need to panic. We don't need to forget who's actually sitting on the throne while we're down here playing human games. When change comes into our life, that's not the moment to panic. That's the moment to remember that, yes, change is going to happen. It's inevitable, but in every single thing, God can work good. It may not look good right now. It may not feel good right now. But I'm not going to follow my sight. I'm not going to follow what I feel. I'm going to follow the truth of that God is sitting on the throne, and in time, he's going to work this, yes, even this, out for good. Does this make sense? So point number one is that change is inevitable. Point number two is that God can use every change for good in your life. Point number three is that change is a test of my faith. Change is a test of my faith. Nothing will test your faith more in life than change, especially what you see as negative change in your life. In fact, in fact, you really discover, you discover who you really are when something in life, watch this, when something in life changes without your permission. When something that is beyond your control that you don't get permission to changes, that's when you find out who you really are. You see, because your reaction or your response reveals the real you. It's in those hard moments in life when change comes our way, change that's unwanted, change that we were not looking for. It's in those moments that we really learn who we really are. This is why Peter in the first century was trying to get the early church to think differently about the changes that were happening around them. First Peter chapter 1, verse 7 says, Peter writes, and he says, the purpose of these troubles. That word troubles, you can insert the two words, negative change, okay? The purpose of these troubles, or negative change, is to test your faith as fire tests how genuine gold is. Your faith is more precious than gold. And, watch this, by passing the test, he says, when you pass the test, it gives praise, glory, and honor to God. Whenever we go through these moments in life, when troubles, negative change comes our way, and we walk through that in a certain way, it gives praise, glory, and honor to God. Now, the question we have to ask ourselves is, well, am I passing the test, <laughs> right? How am I doing? How am I really doing? How am I coping with? How am I surviving the change that happens or is happening all around me, especially in this past year? living in a pandemic, how are we really doing? I think to understand how you're really doing, you need to ask three questions. Here they are. Number one, you just need to ask, what has changed or is changing in my life? you got to name it. Name it. What has changed or is changing in my life? Number two, ask the question, how have I reacted or responded to that change? Right? 
what has changed? How have I reacted or responded to that change? And then ask the third question. And the third question is, does my reactions or responses reflect Christ? Does it really reflect Christ? You see, one thing I know to be true is that when Christ lives in you and life happens to you, it's Christ that will come out of you. You're like a sponge. When squeezed, what's on the inside, that's what's going to come out. That's why Paul says we have this treasure in jars of clay. When the jar is broken, what comes out? The treasure. When Christ lives in you and life happens to you, it is Christ that will come out of you. And the question for you and for me is, does that, is that happening, right? Now, you may be sitting here and you may say, okay, Chris, I'm with you. I'm really with you. I know half of you are. I'm really with you. <laughs> and an eighth of you understood that. All right. All right. You say, Chris, I get it. Change is inevitable. Fine. I get it that God can work through any change in my life and bring good. Get it. I get it that change is a test of my faith. I'm with you. Got it. But you may be sitting here thinking, you know what? I really haven't done a good job with change lately. Can I just say this? I mean, I'm your pastor, so this is true. <laughs> Maybe you haven't been handling change well lately. That's okay. There's been a lot of it. Okay, fine. Maybe up until this point, you have not handled change well in your whole life or in a season of life. Okay, fine. It's all right. Let's just leave all that in the past. And let's just start new today. What if today you just said, I'm going to start handling change differently? Today I'm going to start responding to change differently. Today, instead of just reacting to change emotionally in some way, I, I want to respond the way Christ has called me to respond. I, wanna, I want people to see Christ in me when change happens around me and to me. I, I just want to keep him at the center. Today, I believe that you can start responding to change in a different way. Don't spend your time in the past worried about how you didn't handle it well. Forget that and start today. Let today be a new day where you say, I know that as I step out into the world, it's going to be different. Things are going to happen. Change is going to come. But I'm going to handle that in a very different way. I want Christ to be the center of my life. I want Christ to so saturate my mind and my heart that when life happens and pressure is on, it's Christ that comes out of me. You can start that today. We'll forget the past. And we'll press forward in that way. Don't beat yourself up. But instead, in this moment, let's pray. Let's pray, starting from this moment, moving forward, that we want Christ to saturate our mind and our heart so that when life happens, people see him. He'll do it. All you got to do is ask him. Amen?
Father, I pray that right here, right now, for every one of us sitting in this room, for everyone who's watching online and on television, especially for those who feel like that they have not responded well to change. Lord, I pray that today we would say it's a brand new day, that your mercy is made new every morning, that in every moment you can bring a fresh wave of grace, and that today we can receive your power to leave this place and live differently. Lord, I pray that your Son, our Savior, would be at the center of our life, that you would, it's Him and Him alone that would saturate our minds and our heart and our emotions. Lord, we give you all of our fears, all of our anger, all that we are indifferent about. And Lord, we ask that people would see Christ and Christ alone in us. Lord, would you make us new today would you do something new in us today that we may live a completely different life tomorrow? Lord, let it be so. Let it be so. In Jesus' good and powerful name. And everybody said, amen.